right. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. New Year's still to come. Real bowl games still to come. Boy, there's been a lot of bad ones. We'll get to some good ones, hopefully. NFL always good. And we're here to break it all down, plus a lot of basketball to get into. It's Chad and Zay on this Tuesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's good, Chad? How you doing, man? How was Christmas? It was good. And birthday. It was good. Both were good. Um, I had the normal conference call with Jesus, Ricky Henderson, and Barbara Mandrell. (laughs) Jimmy Buffett sings the national anthem, and then we talk about having the the greatest birthday on earth. It's fantastic. They all said to tell you all hi. Uh, No, it's good. I'm 48 years old now. Hit the Daryl Johnston and uh, got to hang out with the family. Girls took me out last night like they always do for my birthday. So appreciate that. How was your Christmas? Everything good? Yeah, yeah. Everything's good. Feel bad for all the people traveling via air or trying to travel via air. I know it's difficult with all the storms and whatnot. And my sister and brother-in-law, they definitely are having those issues. Yeah, my brother-in-law in Nashville. He flew to Nashville from Charleston, South Carolina a couple of days before Christmas. And then once he got to Nashville, that's when all the hard free stuff and all the problems going down and all these airports started happening. And he drove 14 hours. Whoa. From Nashville to Houston to make it for Christmas. So And he made it? Oh yeah, he made it. Oh my God. He made it. So then they tried to go back to Charleston today. Now he was with uh, my sister in law and yeah, they couldn't do that. So they're going from Houston to Charleston now. Driving there. Driving car. back. Driving back. Man. All right. Well, uh and and it's funny, I, I mentioned it preview in last hour, but coming up in the crap bag today, that's st- a story of that essentially planes trains and automobiles taking over in the world of sports it ends up being a really good story but it's more people trying to deal with bad weather airport stuff and then you got to end up driving so we got a story of that in the crap bag uh but they got there on time too so i'm glad to hear that zay's folks got there on time zay's family members hopefully your family was able to get to wherever you were and y'all had a great time over the holiday. Uh, and uh, since we had Friday and Monday off, there's been a lot that's gone on uh, since we were last on with you. So let's go ahead and get this uh, spec set piece going, and we will talk some Longhorns and Cowboys and go from there. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. The biggest saves of the match start at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Specs, the fun starts here. All right, we are now two days away. When they set bowl games, it feels like it's forever. It feels like it's a month and a half, and you just feel like you're never getting there. But we are only two days away now from Texas and Washington. Alamo Bowl Thursday night at 8. 4 o'clock is when the pregame will crank up. Longhorn Game Day brought to you by Bud Light. Do that at 4 o'clock with Rod and Harge. Aaron Hogan will be in San Antonio covering things. You'll hear from him, Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7, and of course, Light the Tower. He'll be in San Antonio. You'll be hearing from him all week long, including the pregame show as well. Zay, as a Longhorn fan, we're two days away. By the way, now it's official that Roshan Johnson is out. Yeah. Of, of this game, headed to the pros. We wish Roshan nothing but the best. Can't knock that at all. And he's going to be an interesting guy in the NFL. That's a guy. You watch the NFL enough right now, that's a guy fantasy fantasy people, if they don't know his name, they're going to. Yeah. They're going to know his name. Roshan Johnson, in the right circumstance, to me is absolutely one of those versatile running backs 
that will start out as a every once in a while kind of back. But I think in the right system, he could be just about anything you want him to be. Yeah, and we know that you could put him on the special teams on either side because he played special teams here and did a terrific job. He's not afraid of making tackles on the kickoff for teams. So he's going to be able to have a long career in the NFL no matter if he's a person that's carrying the rock all the time or if he's just one of the utility guys that you see maybe as a rover or special team guy. But either way, I can't knock him for you know going into the draft and not playing in this game because you know he wants to. When you see all this footage of Texas and their social media team when they're in San Antonio right now, Roshan Johnson, he's there. Like He's just not playing, but he's there and he's locked in. He's going to do everything he can from the sideline. But yeah, two days away, and I think this is going to be one of the better bowl games. That's not a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, even though Texas is favored, you know, Washington, they got so much to prove. I know they're still salty about not making the uh, Pac-12 championship game and not having a chance to play for it. And, you know, they want to prove to people that they're not just an overrated team. Because you look at their schedule, it wasn't that tough. When you don't play Utah, you don't play USC, it wasn't the toughest Pac-12 schedule that it could have been. Now, they did you know, play, uh, play Oregon. They played Oregon State, which were both good teams. But you know, as far as the defenses they played, you look at Michael Penick's stats. He led the nation in yardage with 4,354, but he didn't play many teams with a good pass defense. The best pass defense that they played was against Oregon State and Texas. They're a pretty good pass defense if you compare them to Oregon State. I want to say Oregon State was like 20th, 20th in yards given up through the air and Texas is around 21st. So mm-hmm. you got to like the, that going in. We know DeMarvion Overshone isn't going to play, but yeah, I think it's going to be a hell of a game and I think Texas, they want to be there. I know it's, you know, it, I, I, the season could have went different. Them sitting at 8-4 and four, as of now, we know what could have happened in the Texas Tech game if B. John Robinson doesn't fumble or maybe if Quinn Ewers plays. We know what happened in the Oklahoma State game where Quinn Ewers had 30 incompletions. We saw what happened against TCU where B. John Robinson only had 12 carries. So all those games could have been won. You know, Ryan Watts missed tackle on uh, Bryce Young in the Alabama game. Mm. Every game was so close this season that the Horns lost. I think that them going into this Alamo Bowl game, I think they still have a lot to play for, especially with the young guys being in there, you know, not having B. John Robinson, DeMarion, now Roshan Johnson. Guys have the, uh, you know, the ability and the chance to step up and really make some plays, and I think you're going to see a very locked-in Texas team. Uh, I would expect that. I've said it throughout, ever since it got set, I think both teams are going to really care. I've heard this argument that, because in both cases I would argue, like, nobody got screwed out of anything. They both lost. So this notion, somebody's, you know, people keep texting me and our men, Chris Ben and some other guys, man, Washington really feels like they should be in a New Year's Six. Right, but they didn't get screwed out of it. Somebody lost a game. USC lost a game they weren't even involved in. I mean, right. That's going to make Washington mad enough to not care to play Texas? I don't know if I buy that one. I think they'll be ready to go with Penix coming back. You you laid those stats out. Number one in the country in passing yards, passing yards per game, total offense, 
and then um, Adun- Adunze, 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 Adunze. Yeah, I botched that name last week. The receiver, he's seventh in the country in yards per game receiving. I feel like they'll be ready to go, trying to make a statement. Um, and the the fascinating part of this game, it's going to be the points required to win it. Because I think you're going to need to get up in maybe it's even that mid to high 30 range on the minimum side to get this done. Uh, interesting number for Washington. They are first in the country in third down percentage. They are 119th in third down percentage defense. So they'll let you have third downs all day long, but they are also going to convert. They are all about just shootouts and scoring and lots and lots of points. So Texas has to take advantage of that. And their stats are just so hard to read because, again, besides that Oklahoma State game, we know how they how much they love to put the ball through the air. And shout out to Kalen DeBoer, the head coach of or you know Washington. He came from the mud. He won three NIA state championships at Sioux Falls. So you know the guy, he he's kind of one of those guys that he understands the opportunity and he's going to capitalize on you know his opportunity at Washington being one of his first coaching jobs but yeah that with a team that likes to throw as much as they did that Oregon State's the only team they saw that was worth a flip playing pass defense everybody else that they played was like 60 something and above and yards given up through the air so now they're playing the next best pass defense that they've seen all season long even if Texas doesn't have DeMario overshone, they're getting back guys like Jalen Gilbo. So I, I I expect this defense to make some plays. Like Michael Penix, he ha- he's only been sacked five times all season. Like, that's insane. He doesn't get sacked at all. It's not like he really wants to run. He will if you allow him to. If nothing's open, then he will take what the defense gives him. But at the end of the day, he ain't no dual threat type of guy. He's still coming off, uh, I want to say, towards ACL back at Indiana. or He had a pretty bad knee injury. You're going to see him with a brace on in this game mm-hmm. if you haven't watched Washington all season. But, yeah, he's not that type of guy that wants to run the football uh, if things go, you know, crazy. So I expect Texas to really lock up. Like you got guys like Ryan Watts. I think he can match up really well with Jalen McC- uh, McMillan and Rome Odunze. And also, I think Deshaun Jameson, it being his last game playing for Texas, he's going to come to play. So I- I'm excited about this game. It, it really hit me this week. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of just in that bowl funk. We haven't had football in a long time. It's Texas football, especially. And, and it's just been, like you said earlier, the bowl era is just weird. It feels like we just haven't played in a long time. It's a weird game. But, yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting one. And I think both teams are going to bring it. But at, at the end of the day, with no Roshan Johnson and no Bijan Robinson, it's going to be all up to Quinn Ewers to make some really, really tough big-time throws. And. And if he can make those throws, then Texas should come out victorious. So Texas plays the bowl game uh, Thursday at 8. And then, as we talked about earlier, a truly unique circumstance. Thanks to one of our listeners, our man Bevo Lance Jason said the last time he remembered Cowboys and Longhorns playing at the same time, when the Cowboys would play the 330 on Thanksgiving and the Longhorns would play a night game, there was some overlap there. So I would agree with you there. I do not recall these kick times ever being this close. So the Cowboys will kick at 7.15 on Thursday and the Longhorns will kick at 8. So we got both of our monsters on Thursday night. We've talked about it. Cowboys on 101.9 and AM 1260. Longhorns on 104.9 and Coke FM. Yeah, man. I heard you with Snoop. You a little bit too proud for my comfort 
as a Cowboys fan with this dub. Hey, I told you, beat the Eagles at all costs. I don't care what it looks like. Just have more points. That part I was thrilled about. I understand that as a Cowboys fan. Let's get all of the previous, the Reggie White, Randall Cunningham days, McNabb days, where he was killing y'all, and Uh even Carson Wentz days. Let's throw that out the way. Just look at this season and everything that's gone down. Cowboys lose the first one, Cooper Rush. Eagles lose. The second one with Gardner Minshew. Like I said, it's, it's, it's how do you judge this dub? Yeah, because they God, gave up a ton of yardage no, to did. Gardner Minshew where it's yeah. like, damn, I know Gardner Minshew is one of the top backup quarterbacks in the league. At one point, he was starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we knew he was going to be extra motivated to play with the passing of his college coach and Mike Leach. And, you know, the fact that he spoke at the funeral on Tuesday and then played on Saturday and played as well as he did. I know he had the interceptions and the fumble, but still, you know, that's give give kudos to Gardner Minshew. He played his off and yeah a win's a win we say that every week but there's no like upper hand that you would want to feel if I'm a Cowboys fan I don't have like the upper hand feeling that you would if MVP candidate Jalen Hurts was playing yeah no I, I would agree with that I think watching these first two games as a Cowboys fan you know I would hope there's a third Game oh yeah, me at, too. At, right, yeah. at some point, you want to see both as both quarterbacks healthy at least. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was obviously a sloppy game. These two defenses are supposed to be great, and, and it's seventy four points combined. I think what we've learned to this point in the season is because of injuries, there is nothing you can really lean on with this Cowboys team. There's nothing. You can't go into a game thinking, man, Micah Parsons and that defense are gun. You can't do that. Just like to me, you can't do the that offensive line and Pollard and Elliott are. Go- I don't even think you can do that anymore. I think this team has been banged up in the right spots or wrong spots uh, to create a team that they've got to do that thing Sark likes to talk about. They got to complimentary football their asses off. They've got to help each other throughout a game. Late in that game, even though Dak made the the two mistakes around the two minute warning, defense bailed him out. And at other times in that game, the defense was giving stuff up, but then Dak and the offense said, no, no, we're good. We got you. Go right down the field. CeeDee Lamb acting like a number one. Love watching his development. Man, that, he's good. That little catch and spin. Oh, nice. wow. That nice. <laughs> that was nice. Again, eh? every time he does something nasty, I just get PTSD of how he killed us at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, That's all. Right. Every time he does something, I'm like, oh, yep, there you, it is. You flash and you see him in that, every, in that crimson every, every time. Every single time, yeah. I'm like, oh, there it is. And it makes me proud because I'm like, yo, I'm glad he's doing this on the NFL level because that's what he's supposed to be doing. Everybody talking about before the season with Amari Cooper in Cleveland, would C.D. Lamb be able to step up to the play and be that number one? Well, yeah, he's done that. Now he's a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I want to say, was he Pro Bowl last year? Uh, I don't know, but this year he definitely deserves definitely, it. Yeah, he, he does. Definitely should be in the consideration of all NFL, second team, third team, whatever. But, yeah, he's having a hell of a season. He had a hell of a game on Saturday. This is kind of the feeling I would have coming from one of our texters. 337-3776, of course, is the Specs text line. It says, I feel good as a Cowboys fan. We scored, we scored 40 on the number one passing defense. Yeah. I mean, again, you have to look at it in little compartments uh, with the Cowboys. They are not perfect. They're not going to be. I said this earlier. Between Dak, your OC, and your coach, you're just not going to get those little moments. You're not going to get those little time management moments. They're going to mess some of that up. You just have to hope they overcome it. The offense needs to overcome those, and so does the defense. Cowboys are going to need to get 
Man, going into these games, day, I'm probably thinking, I mean, the score has to start with a three, but it might need to be like a 34, depending on their matchup. Yeah. They may have to get up into that area. So um, I'm taking it for what it is. It's a win. And like I said earlier, if you make me pick the loss of the last three games, I'm picking Jacksonville before you even finish the question. Because as a Cowboys fan, I, it's unacceptable that they would lose to these Texans. And just as a fan, I don't want to ever see them lose to the Eagles. So I'll take that Jacksonville loss. Well, it's weird because now with Jacksonville winning, they're – sitting at the top of the AFC South. Yep. So now the Cowboys on Thursday going into Nashville playing against a pretty desperate Tennessee team that's going to give Cowboys everything they want because they're trying to get back into the playoff hunt. Yeah. Now the Cowboys playing against Malik Willis, they should be aight at the end of the day. We saw what Malik Willis was against the Texas. Yikes. But... You know, it's still going to be a tough game. It's not the same turnaround that you would get from the Sunday Thursday game. They had an extra day of rest playing on a Saturday That's going true, into did. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit different, yeah. and you know, it'll benefit the Cowboys in that sense. But yo, let's let's relax. People are killing Darius Slay. That wasn't his fault. Where Ty Hilton mossed uh, uh, Josiah Scott. That's Josiah Scott's fault. I feel like there was a huge miscommunication there. But you yeah, heard Darius he- Slay. Well, Darius Slay was like, yo, we got to do our job. He should have just said, oh, Josiah Scott. How do you not have more safeties back on third and 30? They needed 30 yards, and they let him get it. That was unbelievable. I rewatched that play five times to make make sure I'd seen what I thought. I I was like, wait a minute. I watched it like 10 times. What was the down and distance there? How do you let them get behind you on third and 30? Yeah, and like Darius Slay, I don't think he's supposed to go back at 30 yards. Because he's trying to get the underneath stuff. That's what the safety is yeah. for. No, no, I agree with you. That's not on, that's not on it's Slay. Not, it's not on Slay. That's on the D.C. and the safety. Right, because everybody saw Darius yeah. Slay checking him at the beginning, so everybody thinks it's on him. Plus, he's the Pro Bowl cornerback, so everybody wants it to be on him. Right. So, yeah, Josiah Scott, that's on you, bro. And, yeah, that was the game right there. Yeah, and then the other thing as a Cowboys fan, if you want to play the what-if game, what if they don't convert that? It's right. about six, seven minutes to go, and you're down seven at that point. That yeah. would have been a rough, a rough, you know, road from the end. But they made the play, and uh, T.Y. Hilton. Wow, what a play that was! That game had. If you didn't care who won that game, high level of entertainment and catches all over the place. I keep talking about these receivers in the NFL and all the great catches they're making. Think of that game. Great throws. I know there's some bad throws, but great throws and great catches when teams needed it. All over that field, right down to the very bitter end when it was, was it Devontae Smith or was it A.J. Brown that did the drag on the sideline that almost set up a winning touchdown for the Devontae Eagles? Devontae Smith. That was Smith? Yeah. My God, he had a great day. Uh, he had a great day for the Eagles. There was a lot going on in that game, but the Cowboys do get the win, and again, they will face, and you mentioned the desperate team in Tennessee. They got two desperate teams coming. They're at Tennessee. They're at Washington. Oh, so brutal. To me, the Cowboys need to fight until the Eagles win another game. As, yep. soon, as soon as the Eagles win another game, if they win the division, then you can back off and rest guys against Washington if you really want to, but not until then, Zay. They got, the Cowboys need to fight like they're going to win the division, to me. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Talk about the commanders. Ron Rivera, come on, dog. We got a, con- a controversy at quarterback with two weeks left, and we're seeing that seven in the playoff hunt. 
Like, you're in right now. You just lost to the number one defense. Wait, he's talking about replacing Heineke? Yes! Oh, I missed that. Yes, he put in Carson Wentz at the end of that game, and Carson Wentz made some pretty decent oh, plays. No. So now they Ooh. got a whole issue. And, yeah, I know the commanders lost to you straight, but it wasn't like they lost to Ruthie Poot. They lost to some pretty good teams. Yeah, they just like, lost to San Francisco. The best defense in the league. Right. So, like, and Carson, I mean, uh, my boy Taylor Heineke, yeah, he fumbled a little bit. Yeah, he threw his pick. Heineke's their guy. Yo, that he should be their guy. He's their guy. Uh, but now Ron Rivera wants to put in Carson Wentz, and now they got some crazy stuff going on in D.C. I know Cowboy fans don't give a damn. But, well, no, I like yo. that part of it. From the Cowboys' perspective, <laughs> continue, Coach Rivera. Please continue. Yeah, but come on, dog. Now you got something cooking that you don't even need. That is crazy. All right, a lot of football going on. We also have some basketball to hit. Texas men back on the court tonight. Plus, the NBA gave us another nice Christmas list of games. And don't look now, but Kevin Durant and the Nets. Nets can't lose. They're just winning no matter what they do. We'll get into a little basketball talk coming up in the crap bag when basketball and football come together to make sure the players get to their meetings on time. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. This is the Horn. I was going to say it's a great Sunny Day song. It's a great Any Day song. Brown Eyed Girl. Little Van Morrison for the people. You ever met anybody that didn't like this song? No. That would freak me out. Yeah, that'd be odd. How could you hate this song? It always makes me feel good. Always gets puts a smile on my face. Great for a sunny day, even though it's a sunny, cool day, uh, cold day out there. This might be a slow question, but I don't care. All right. Van Morrison related to Jim Morrison? Uh, he's not. Okay. I don't believe so, though. I don't ever. I never heard if there was any uh, relation there. Music, music nerds. Let me know if I'm wrong there. I don't believe there is a. Uh, don't believe there's anything there. No, they're both awesome. Yeah. Other than that, but uh, I don't think they're related. Van Morrison getting us started today, and uh, there is a bowl game going on right now. Technically, uh, it is Georgia Southern and Buffalo. They're going to halftime. Buffalo is up. 14-6 to six at the half. Later on, you've got Memphis and Utah State at 215. Coastal Carolina and East Carolina at 545. And then maybe a good one tonight, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Maybe one you want to tune into. It's late, 915 on ESPN. Uh, it's Chad and Zay on this Tuesday. Remember, basketball follows Ball Don't Lie this evening. Rod and Hards will start up at 3 as normal. They'll duck out a little early at 630 for the pregame. 7 o'clock, 10. Texas men uh, taking on A&M Commerce. Zay, it's an interesting schedule coming. We've talked about this. Texas starts conference at Oklahoma. Two of their first three in conference are in Norman and Stillwater. Like, they're going to some environments. Unfortunately, they have not, you know, they haven't done a full, like, mirrored prep for it. Like, they have not had a badass road environment to test them yet. They're just not going to get it. So tonight with A&M Commerce, they probably are going to be able to control this game. So what are you looking for tonight? Knowing that you're probably not going to see a big test for Texas, what do you want to see from them? 
just stay consistent. Just take care of these games that you're supposed to win. You know, we know all these wins count for something in the net rankings when all these committees have to select all of these uh, teams and colleges in March Madness. So all these games matter, even if you don't think they do. When it comes to how much you blow these teams out matter. It comes to the other team, uh, uh, what their opposing schedule looks like. That matters. So you just got to take care of what's in front of you. And tonight is Texas A&M Commerce. I loved what we saw, you know, how Coach Terry had the guys going against Louisiana, a team that had a pretty solid big man coming into town, Jordan Brown. Even though he had 20, it was a very difficult 20. And, you know, before early in the season, we saw Timmy Allen get off to a good start. He's finally coming into his own. Tyrese Hunter, he had a way better game against Louisiana, 10 points and four assists. So, you know, his defense, people don't talk about his defense enough his defense is really gonna you know set the tone for the Longhorns and what they're trying to do when March comes around because he's one of the best defenders in the nation at the point guard spot and we know when you want to win in March it comes down to guard play so even though his offense might not be where you want it you know where it was at the beginning of the season when we saw against Gonzaga and a little bit against Creighton his defense is there Marcus Carr him continuing to knock down shots and have the confidence that he's playing with. I love to see that. Then the freshman, Dylan Mitchell and Arterio Morris, they're getting better every game. And Dylan Mitchell, he's such a good teammate, you know, for a guy who has the most pro aspirations for anybody on this roster. He's really fit into his role. He doesn't do too much. He plays hard. He plays good D. He uses his athleticism. He, you know, blocks shots. He runs the floor like a deer and he plays above the rim when need be. So if everybody continues to do what they're doing hopefully I haven't heard much of the Dylan Sue injury I don't know what happened there you know he got mm-hmm. hurt in that Louisiana game and every time he goes down you kind of hold your breath because we know with his history coming from Vanderbilt him tearing his ACL you just get a little weary with somebody like him but if he could come back and be healthy you're gonna need him down the line when you start to face a lot of these big men in the Big 12 so you know Brock Cunningham play with that same energy Christian Bishop play with that same energy and we know Serge Barry Rice is well beyond his years coming off the bench as that six man. So they're they're playing hard and they know that all the eyes are on them with this Chris Beard stuff. I don't think, you know, with all of the upperclassmen and six-year, five-year seniors that they have on this team. They're not going to let something like this get in the way of what really is at state, and that's making a deep run in March and trying to do something that nobody's done here for basketball at the University of Texas. We will see how they look tonight. 7 o'clock tip, Texas and A&M Commerce. And if you missed it on your long holiday weekend on Friday, there was a, uh, I guess you could call it a media dump timing-wise, but it could be good news if you want Chris Beard to be your basketball coach, Texas fans. We'll get into that. A statement from his fiance was released on Friday, um, and that has been, I'm sure, discussed by a lot of Longhorn fans, but also maybe missed by some because of when it came out. So we'll get into that a little later on in the show. Uh, we wanted to get into a little more basketball here. Zay, what would you tell people? Now, I know you'd tell them the Mavericks beat the Lakers because that was exciting on Christmas Day. Outside of my ah. outside of my Mavs getting a big win and staying over five. 500 what jumped out to you from the christmas slate uh there's some pretty good games going on you know 
James Harden, what he did against the New York Knicks, him and Joel Embiid, if they can find a rhythm, they're going to be a tough out. But, you know, a lot of Rockets fans will say, oh, James Harden, when you get to the playoffs, you ain't got to worry about him. And that's a little bit true. James Harden in the regular season and James Harden in the postseason, two completely different guys. Yeah. So we saw true. that this past year when they got knocked out of the playoffs. And, yeah, we'll see this upcoming year because James Harden, he's dealing with trade rumors now. Woj dropped something over the weekend about him possibly going back to Houston, oh, which would be Lord. really weird. Like, oh why Why would he mess up whatever they got going on in Houston, which they've drafted some pretty good guys in Singoon and Jabari Smith and Jalen Green. He's playing really well this season, so I don't really understand that, but they look good against the Knicks. And, yeah, your Mavs, they put it on the Lakers, the Lakers team that just – I mean, without Anthony Davis, they were looking good with him. Now he's out. They're going to go back to being a bad team like they were. Yeah. LeBron James turning 38, I think, tomorrow. He can't keep doing this. Like, it's just in the last seven games, he's had over 30 points. At this point, if you're a Lakers fan, just look forward to him breaking Kareem's record. That's it. That's it. Don't look forward to the playoffs. You know, Patrick Beverly, he ain't giving you a damn thing, yeah. which he has a podcast now. So if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm hot because all them times you didn't have a podcast and you were making Lakers lives hell and opposing teams lives hell. Like Patrick Beverly, he's made a name for himself in the league as just being a pest, dirty player. And he's sustained a career now with the Lakers. He ain't worth a flip. So that's, I don't know if that's the LeBron effect when you go and play with LeBron. Guys just, you know, they have the headlines on them and the limelight on them so they don't play as well due right. to the pressure. I've seen it throughout LeBron's 20-year career. It's definitely a thing. I don't know if that's affected Patrick Beverly, but yeah, the Mavs put it on them with another terrific performance by Luka. And yeah, I, with the Celtics and the Bucks. Like I said last week, until the Bucks get Chris Middleton back, they won't get to where they need to go because yeah. he just changes everything for them. Giannis is good. Drew Holiday is good. They need that third guy in Middleton. Good statement by the Celtics there in that one. Winning by 21. Tatum had 41. They looked really good. Uh, Warriors got a win as well. Nuggets won the, uh, the night game. And then the other thing to mention here real quick, I know a lot of Longhorn fans are still following Kevin Durant, man. That Nets team, <laughs> they are clicking right now, Zay. They've won nine in a row. And during the streak, if I'm not mistaken, both KD and Irving are averaging 30 a game. Yeah. Yeah. Doing I'll, exactly what they need I'll to do. Curry off. We everybody did. Everybody did. All the stuff that have which he was in the wrong, yes. But he's using that as fuel. Like, oh, Nike turned on me, Phil Knight, they just dropped me, and then they just put Job ja Morant on. Like Ja, ja Morant just showcased his signature shoe on Christmas Day. So right when they drop drop Kyrie, mm -hmm. they put Ja on. And you know the Kyrie, the type of person he it's is. Him. Oh yeah. man, he's hot. Uh -huh. He's hot about something like that. Which for the NBA, that's tough because when Kyrie's healthy, he might be the toughest to guard pound for pound at that position. Just because he's just gonna keep going at your head. I know Steph's out there, but Kyrie, he's gonna bring that playground game to it, which he's trying to embarrass you in that sense. And Kevin Durant. Just what he's doing, you know. I heard him in the presser the other day. And they're like, "Man, how are you, how do you stay in this rhythm? Because you just passed him dunking up and scoring ranks. You know, mm -hmm. how do you stay in this rhythm?" He's like, "I'm just sticking to my fundamentals. You know, I'm holding my follow through more." And it's like, this guy's one of the greatest scorers yeah. ever. He's, thinking he's talking about, about fundamental. He's thinking about fundamental stuff, stuff that you're teaching like grade school kids. 
Mm-hmm. Something you have to tell Greg. Yeah, hey, make sure you follow through. Make sure you got that gooseneck, that, you know, hand in the cookie jar, just classic cliche basketball talk. And you have arguably the greatest score ever. And yeah, I, I'm saying arguably the greatest score. He's right there of Kobe and Jordan. He's right there. A seven foot to do what he does, as fluid as he is. You know, now he's in his 30s. If he didn't get hurt, those years that he got hurt, he'd be right there with Braun competing for Kareem's uh, 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 scoring title. He'd be right there. But those injuries set him back a few years. You know, he hurt tore his Achilles with uh, um, the Warriors and sat out a season or two, it felt like. And then he had a pretty bad injury one year with the Oklahoma City. So take those injuries away, Ed. He's right up there with Braun and them. He would still be a little bit behind Braun just because Braun has more years than him in the league. But, yeah, Kevin Durant, cherish him now because we've never seen or will see anything like this again. Yeah, don't look now. If you're just peeking into the NBA now that we've passed Christmas, the Nets are all the way up to the three seed. There's This nine-game win streak has gotten them all the way to yeah. the three seed and in ben, the East. We ain't talking about Ben Simmons either. We right. ain't talking about Ben Simmons. No Ben Simmons jokes right no now. No Ben Simmons jokes. The man last night, he had four points, Chad. Yeah. Four points, but he had eight assists. He had nine rebounds. There you go. He's good with that. Philadelphia, they weren't good with that. In Brooklyn, they are because you got Kyrie and Kevin Durant hey, to as, score. As long as you're right that he's good with it, th- then they're fine. Oh, you know he's good. He don't want to be a scorer. As long as he's cool with that, everybody else is cool with it, coaching and all that, They can, and they're, they're playing like this, yeah. it, it could work. And they're not even the most popular team in their city. The Knicks are, right. no matter what happens. And they'll always have that chip they'll on their shoulder. They'll always have that chip uh-huh. on their shoulder. So when he was in Philly, he was dealing with, you know, just mental health issues and stuff, which – I get Philly's tough, but when mm-hmm. you're getting paid that much, you still got to produce. And yeah, now he's in a different situation and they're thriving. All right. Uh, so basketball on the board as well. And a member Longhorns tonight against AM Commerce at seven o'clock. Coming up at 105, we'll talk to Joe Cook of Inside Texas and on3.com. He's in San Antonio getting ready for the media stuff today and getting ready for the Alamo Bowl. We'll get his final thoughts on the game uh, before Thursday's kickoff. Up next, though, in the crab bag, let's tell you about this great story coming out of bad circumstances where basketball and football came together, plus a stat out of the NBA that I just cannot believe and I'm going to repeat it to you. I hope I get it right because it's crazy. That's next on the horn. Cashback is not available on gas. Sounds like one of those that say it would get on for taking a little time to build. This is a four-minute song. I'm oh, very really? proud of this man. Nice and clean, four not, minutes? Nice and clean, four minutes. All right. Fair enough. I do not recognize it specifically yet. Um, yeah, it's got a little bit of it's got kind of that old Metallica feel to it, but I'm not sure if it's them. I don't know. Who we got? Slayer. Slayer. Okay. Black Magic. All right, look at that. Hey, a four-minute Slayer song. That's rare. <laughs> that is rare. I didn't know there were four-minute Slayer songs. these metalheads, man. Dude, these guys. Just in terms of the technical side of it and what it takes to play this kind of music, they're incredible. I'm so glad I finally went and saw them live. I'm not the biggest Slayer fan on earth. They're a little – they push a little too far for me. 
in terms of something I want to listen to over and over again, but it's incredible to watch it live. What they And then the idea that they would go on full tours playing this over and over and over, and sometimes it's hot, you're in a summer tour, and it's like 90 degrees outside. It's Hell crazy. No. Dude, it's crazy. You uh, would think that with all the drugs being involved, they would want to get things done at a faster rate. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe the drugs just confused them, made them change stuff up, or made them drag it out, clearly. Yeah, I'm not sure about this band and the drugs. Some of these guys, they play such technical music. It's so technical and it's so fast. They have to be clean, otherwise they couldn't do it. Yeah. So I'm not sure about Slayer, though. I don't know their history in terms of the drugs and alcohol. Maybe somebody could help us with that. Uh, Slayer... And Van Morrison getting us started today. Two distinctive voices, no doubt about it, to get us started on this Tuesday. Hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, Coming up, Joe Cook inside Texas at 105 to talk Longhorns and Washington. There's more media stuff today. Uh, Our guys uh, Craig and Jeff headed down there as well to uh, to cover that for you. Obviously, check out all the great stuff uh, that Jeff and the crew have for you at Horns247.com. Com as we get ready for the uh, get ready for the Alamo Bowl on Thursday night. Uh, tomorrow night you will get the Longhorn Blitz podcast at seven o'clock, uh, and the guys will get you one last preview before the game itself. Remember the game is at eight o'clock on Thursday night, four o'clock pregame Longhorn game day. Brought to you by Bud Light starts at four. Rod, Harge, Aaron, uh, and Jeff both going to be in San Antonio uh, as well. And uh, who knows? I'm not sure where our guy Eric Rains is going to be. I'm not sure if he's getting down there for the bowl game or not. Shout out to E. Rains. Shout out to E. Rains. Yeah, you've heard him on the pregame throughout this season. Huge Longhorn fan uh, as well. Over there on Coke FM. Remember, you can always hear the games on Coke FM as well as 104.9. This particular Thursday, got the Cowboys as well. Cowboys on 101.9 and AM 1260 at Tennessee. So both of the big circus tents going at the same time on a Thursday night. Pretty, yeah, you think we're going to have stuff to talk about on Friday? Oh, my God. Pretty unique. <laughs> yeah, we were, we, were, we were having the discussion, and I've had multiple guys asking about, are we doing shows on Friday? And I just, when I first thought about it, I'm like, yeah, we we just can't not have shows that next oh, day. Oh, we have to. We got to do that. Um, I did talk the bosses into letting us off Monday the 2nd. All right. So that, you know, after the New Year's and things, we can recover from that. Cool, I'll take that. But I did think we needed to work on the 30th, so I didn't even ask that question. They might have said yes, but I'm like, no, we can't do that. Nah. that. That's not going to make a lot of sense. So we will have shows for you the rest of the week, and then we'll be off next Monday. All right, so let's get into the crap bag. This is a great story out of a bad story. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. It's just people looking out for people. So Zay was talking about a family member uh, of his, a couple family members that have dealt with travel issues. You may have dealt with this. The airline stuff is just crazy right now. Well, airline stuff was going crazy in Dallas over the weekend. And there were three pit football players stuck in the situation. Samuel Okunlola, Jake Frantel, and Hudson Primus couldn't figure out how they were going to get to El Paso because they're in the Sun Bowl, in case you don't realize it. They had a meeting the next day and stuff, and they weren't going to be able to make it. Flight got canceled. So um, someone nearby realized what was going on, saw them in pit gear, and started asking questions. That someone is Joe Golding the basketball coach at UTEP. He was there with his wife, 
and two kids, and they were trying to get to El Paso as well. Their flight was canceled. So he goes to these players and he said, hey, contact your coach, call Coach Narduzzi, and if we can find a car big enough that'll – because, again, he's got four. They've got three guys. got to find a car for seven. He says, if we can find a car big enough, I will drive you to El Paso. We'll get there. So they contact Narduzzi, they check on everything, get it done, and they find a big enough SUV or whatever, and Joe Golding, his wife, his two sons, and these three pit football players drive 600 miles to El Paso, and Zay, he got the players there in time for the meeting the next morning. Man, that's cool. Isn't that cool? That's a great story. Shout out to Coach Golding. Yeah, very nice. Also, how about this small world thing? I didn't know this. Joe Golding, his sister, is married to Sonny Dykes. Oh, there you go. All right. Weird stuff. Uh, But uh, that's cool to hear that people are taking care of people for the holiday season. Yeah, it is the season. Absolutely. That is good stuff. Here's another thing that's good stuff as far as the crap bag is concerned. I love a good wacky stat. And the NBA provided one last night. Zay, did you catch this Clippers comeback yesterday? Yeah, I saw it. So the Clippers were playing Detroit, and the Pistons were beating them 126 to 112 with right at three minutes to go. That put them in a weird little category of NBA games. They ultimately would come back, tie the game, send it to overtime, and win the game. So they came back and won it, did the Clippers. Since 1996-97, entering yesterday, going into that game, teams that had been down 14 or more in the final three minutes were 2 and 12,873. Come on, man. Zay, that's crazy. 12,873 losses in that situation. Only two teams, one in the 90s and one somewhere around 2010 had done it. I think it was a Kings team first. Can't remember the first team to pull it off. But now the Clippers, have the, without Kawhi, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no Kawhi last no night. No Kawhi. That was Paul George and the crew coming all the way back. And the other great part, Zay, when, it was, when they were down 14 with about three minutes to go, it's Tyron Lue that's still their coach, yeah, right? Yeah, T. Lue. Lue took the starters off the floor and just put five rando guys in there, and they went on a 16-2 run and tied it up. <laughs> they did. Like, the the other guys, if you will. Uh, that is a great – that is an awesome stat. So, as the crab bag, I'm always going to look for stuff like that. Two and 12,873. So, now it's three and 12,873. Don't sleep on the Los Angeles Clippers. They're sitting out of the fourth seed right now. Kawhi Leonard, he hasn't played much this season. They've been kind of easing him back in. He had a 32-point game the other night, so you know they clearly didn't play him last night. They're still a little wary about that knee injury, but overall as a roster, they're one of the best, deepest rosters in the league. Nicholas Batum, he's still rolling. Marcus Moore Sr., he's still rolling. Paul George, Mm. him as a number two option, he'd be the number one option on 25 teams in the league so it's they could be pretty impressive plus they got John Wall who's looking healthy he adds a little something to the mix I always thought Reggie Jackson was a solid player coming out of Boston College so yeah don't sleep on the Clippers they're kind of hanging under the radar right now because nobody's watching them due to Kawhi Leonard being in and out the lineup them sitting out of fourth seed scary team as the Kawhi thing an injury load management load management that's oh, load management. Load management. I know he's the king of load management. Yeah. So okay. All yeah, right. yeah. He was injured all last year, so they you know he had an ACL injury. They're kind of easing him back as okay. you know careful as possible. But yeah, once 
February and March come around, he'll be playing every game, it seems like. All right, the bowl game that's going on right now, almost tied up as Georgia Southern got a big play to start the second half, but they didn't get the two-point conversion. So it is – well, no, they did. I'm sorry. They did complete the two-point conversion. They do tie it up with like 25 seconds into the second half. So it's 14-all, Georgia Southern and Buffalo in that one. Up next, speaking of bowl games, we'll get another preview of Texas and Washington from Joe Cook of Inside Texas. Stay with us. We'll get you a flex segment as well. Hudson Card apparently has found a new home. We'll tell you about that and all the connections within it. Uh, Zay's got Where We At in Society at 145. And then coming up in today's 2 o'clock hour, we will dig into that statement that was released on Friday around the Chris Beard story and what it ultimately means for the future of Texas men's basketball. All 